Good morning to everyone and welcome to another episode of the Disruptive Voices of the Pacific. I am back in Fiji again, my fourth trip this year, just a short, quick trip, and it's hot. Uh, summer has <laughs> arrived and we're all sweating. But uh, sitting here again with um, my good friend Jerry from Lifeline. I've done an episode with him in the past and I thought it'd be good just to catch up with him a year on to see how things are going in Fiji. He um, is the coordinator of Lifeline here. They do an amazing job um, in a nation like all of our nations where there are a lot of issues. But good morning, Jerry. Good morning. Morning, Leticia. How are you? Well, I'm like you. We're both hot, aren't we, even though we're in aircon. Um, but it's good to have you back um, this year. How, how has 2023 been for Lifeline Fiji? Oh, wow. Uh, well, Lifeline Fiji, uh, it, it has been really good. It has been really good in a sense that um, um, this year has um, uh, we had a lot of, uh, um, you know, unexpected things that have happened um, especially with the uh, calls that we've been getting on the phone lines um, but uh, on the other hand you know uh, being one of those that uh, have been on the phone lines hearing people calling in uh, we've been grateful being that you know outlet for and for Fijians that have been going through crisis and just being needing someone to talk to um, someone to you know share whatever they go through um, call into the line and just talk to someone. Um, yes, this year brought its own challenges, um, but but you know one of the things that we've always challenged each other is just being grateful of whatever life brings us. Hey, eh? mm. that's a great attitude to have because it wouldn't be an easy job. Uh, Lifeline. People aren't calling in to tell you good news stories. They're calling in with their problems. They're suicidal. They're depressed. They're alcoholics. Um, a lot is going on in their life. So how does your team actually handle listening to call after call, week after week? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, well, for for us at Lifeline, we um, one of the things uh, that we do is that every end of the week we have a group supervision. Um, that we uh, have with all counselling, uh, all counsellors, or also uh, crisis support workers. Uh, we also have someone from outside of Lifeline that does one-to-one counselling with the support officers. Um, it is not he- it, it is not easy hearing, uh, you know, people come in and pouring their heart out, talking about what they go through. Uh, for some uh, support officers, they would uh, listen to around. Uh, uh, five calls at, uh, during their shift or ten calls during their shift. And it's not easy. Um, but we've been grateful to have, you know, each other support officers there. We're also grateful to have, you know, uh, the wider mental health community as well there. Uh, giving, providing support to each other as well. Um, in Fiji, we don't have a lot of mental health organizations. But uh, even for the, um, you know, with the ones that we have, and the ones that we rely on, we've been grateful to have. Uh, we have we've been grateful to have, to have them. Uh, that's great to hear that there's support and a network happening. Uh, let's come to the issue of suicide. Uh, again, it's no secret that it's a big issue here in Fiji. What are your stats turned out like at the? Um, well, I think you've got stats till the end of October this year. So, what what are they at? Well. Um, 
compared to compared to uh, our statistics uh, from the period of January to uh, October last year, we have uh, we from last year in 2022 from January to October we had 167 cases of suicide, with uh, 93 completed and 74 attempted suicide. This year, uh, it has gone down a bit. Um, we have altogether had 150 cases of suicide uh, with um, 88 completed cases and 62 attempted uh, uh, cases of suicide, which is, you know, uh, yes, it has gone down, but, you know, we always say that every life loss is a big number for, for Fiji. So, uh, yes, it, uh, suicide cases has gone down a bit this year. One of the things that we have always said over the years is that uh, if we look closer to the statistics, male has always, you know, had a higher number of uh, those completing suicide. For the 88 completed cases this year, from January to October, 65 alone are males. And uh, it calls for, you know, uh, support services, it calls for communities, it calls for, uh, you know, uh, support systems, if they are there, to, you know, have it available and have it visible, have it known, where not only males, but everyone could, could reach out to. Hmm. Yes, I totally agree, and um, you were part of my book launch for the... Um, the disruptive voices of Pacific men and I think that's something that I've realised is the lack of spaces for men to be able to speak up and share their problems because uh, men are abused as well um, and our bodies aren't created to carry this type of trauma so it's going to come out in either men abusing other people uh, or men killing themselves and so what can we do, what can Fiji do to provide more spaces where men can share? Well, um, well. First of all, uh, Leticia, thank you for you know uh, letting Lifeline uh, be part of that uh, you know that book launch. Um, during that book launch, um, after that book launch, we we have had you know males as well reaching out just because they have watched videos that you put up on uh, you know uh, on your Facebook page. And uh, it was it was really good to you know get men also talk about their experiences of what they went through uh, growing up. And for a lot of uh, one of the things that we have found out is that a lot of males they carry through traumas from a very young age, and even now at an old age, hearing most of the testimonies that happened that night and on video and when you know um, uh, the testimonies that happened during the day most of them were really empowered to you know just call and share what they went through yes we do not have a lot of support system for men in fiji but one of the things that i always say as well we have equal you know uh, we we have equal uh, support systems uh, in fiji for male and female uh, we have the Empower Pacific that provides the crisis support line. We have Lifeline that provides the crisis support line. We have a medical services specific who provides an adult line where male can also call into. But, you know, it is something about us Fijians who, that we just have this culture of silence, especially for males. We don't like to talk about our problems. We don't like to reach out for help. We, don't, we just like to bottle things up. And... Um, 
I, I've been grateful, you know, that um, that you know after that um, after that session uh, on uh, the disruptive voices for Pacific men, that you know some uh, male uh, some males have provided small support groups. Um, so that males can reach out to and talk about what they go through, um, and uh, and uh, and you know it's 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 good to see males reaching out for help. At the same time, it is also you know uh, it is also advisable you know that we encourage safe spaces in our churches, in our youth groups, and outside. You know, we're not outside of our comfort zone, but um, within our comfort zone. And one of our comfort zone is our churches. And I, I'm, I'm grateful for churches who have provided that, that support for males. Uh, but we need more churches providing that support and more organizations coming up providing that support for males as well. Um, one of the organizations that have been pro doing this uh, for, I think, for a few months, a few years maybe now, uh, I've, been, I've just found about this organization lately and they've been really doing a good job, is Men's Empowerment Network. Um, they've been doing, doing a really tremendous job. and. Uh, uh, and I commend uh, Mr. Paul Morell for that, uh, for, you know, for doing a wonderful job, especially engaging young men uh, and also instilling in them values of what, what they can become. Yeah, that's, it is good to see um, more and more arising up. I think, I mean, one of the biggest, or I don't know, maybe this is just me talking, one of the best support networks. Most men are drinking grog. Um, so why can't, <laughs> what a great place to begin to share uh, around the grog bowl. Uh, if somebody around the bowl had, had courage enough to ask some questions or share their own story, I mean, they're getting together. What, what do men usually talk about the, around the grog bowl? Uh, well, they talk about a lot of things. <laughs> Uh, they talk a lot about a lot of issues as well, and for some, it's just a, a place where uh, they just go to um, kill time and also just talk things out on whatever is happening. Eh? Um, one of the things, you know, um, last year, uh, this year, we, um, myself and a few friends of mine, uh, we've uh, sat down and we've tried to collaborate in. Uh, just bringing some men and friends that we have, who we have identified struggling with things, just to come and have a safe space to talk. And uh, we have, um, uh, and one of my friends, he's very good in uh, this Fijian uh, Itoke culture thing. So he had uh, his research and he came back and he said, oh, we should name our group Zambure Nisa. And I was, and I asked him, okay, what is Zambure Nisa? And he told me, no, in the uh, in the ancient olden days, uh, in the Fijian uh, villages, men will meet up at the Mburinisa to talk about issues that they go through, and they would try to come up with solutions to deal with the issues that they go through. So, I was telling uh, him uh, the other day, hey, next year we should have a Mburinisa talk uh, podcast where we just bring men to talk about you know issues that they go through and just put it up at forefront where males who are going through these things silently are able to reach out and thank you uh, Leticia you know the disruptive voices for Pacific men broke barriers in places that we are and it enabled most men to talk about experiences that they went through with other men 
and it was like burdening them for so long and it it is time that you know we we don't feel insecure but we feel safe in places that we are in just to talk and raise awareness of what we go through no that's encouraging i love that so there you go let's make um the grog bowl fashionable again to discuss issues and solutions i think that's so important um let's just come back to the church for a minute because being a pastor it's um an area that i'm passionate about because the church is god's instrument where his people to bring his kingdom on earth but um i think we've lost our way a little bit and become irrelevant and um yeah, even a lot of the reports I hear in Fiji, young people are just leaving the church because it's not irrelevant and they're not addressing the real issues. And you were just telling me a story about a man who called into Lifeline and you asked, do you have any support networks? Do you belong to a church? And he made the comment, oh, my pastor's too holy, holy. <laughs> Which is a big, you know, and I see it. Um, I see it everywhere. But sometimes the pastors are so up on their high horses that people don't feel like they can approach them. How important, and, and again, I've been encouraging the pastors I know, share your own stories. You know, you've struggled with pornography somewhere. You, when None of us are perfect. <laughs> and thank goodness, that's why we need Jesus, and we're saved and healed and set free. How important is it that um, Fijian men hear their pastors talking about their own struggles and what they've come through and how they've conquered? Well, um, I... I you know, for, for everyone listening, um, I grew up in a church. My parents are pastors. Talatalangase and Rendin Talatalangase. I know how things go in the church. And, to, uh, and me saying this is not demeaning or devaluing what the church is, but also, you know, trying to, uh, you know, push forth that, you know, church leaders hold a lot of influence over their members. Uh, and most members of the church look up to their leaders for every decision making, for everything within the church, outside of the church, even within their family things. When they need something, they look up to their leaders. And uh, and it's uh, it's it's funny how you know um, it's not funny, but um, uh, it's uh, I always say it funny because it's funny how when it comes to issues we don't like talk uh, we don't like talking about it, especially in the churches. Uh, but when it comes to money, everyone likes to talk about money. But when it comes to real issues that are happening. We like to shy off from it. And this is why, you know, uh, when I say leaders in the churches and pastors in the churches, you know, whatever leadership positions that you hold in the church, you hold a, a lot of influence among your members. And we should also have that safe spaces where our members, our uh, women group, our men's group, our youth group, or even Sunday school, can come up and tell you that okay I'm going through this and I need support and I need help or if someone comes to you you are able to also keep whatever they share with you and not share it to someone else you know uh, this, uh, Leticia was some of the th one of the uh, churches that we went through and did uh, a mental health training on 
uh, one of the things that we ask him, okay, uh, we set them in groups and then we ask, hey, uh, do you trust your leaders? Even before ending the do you trust your leaders question, most of the, most of the congregations that were there, they said no. And the reason why they said no is that most of them don't trust that their leaders will keep whatever they go and tell their leaders. So that is a reflection of us as Christian leaders as well. How do we keep, you know, our congregation safe? And how do we keep, you know, when they come and ask uh, of help from us, how sure are they that we are going to support them? not only uh, verbally or physically, but emotionally as well. How are we going to protect them and not let the whole congregation know? Um, like I first begin of, we hold a, uh, a lot of influence over our members. So it is important, you know, that influence that we carry goes forth not only with the things, but also influence where they, our members go through things they know that they can trust us and they can come to us because we are that point of influence. Not that when they go through things, they find other places that they will find help, but they won't come to us. And if we're not having, getting that influence, if our members are not coming to us as, as leaders, as church leaders, then we should really relook at ourselves on how, what leadership are we providing our congregations. Yep, no, that's really important, isn't it? The church should be the safest place for people to be able to share and over 60% of the nation are associated with the church but so many just don't feel like it's a safe place where they can talk and share because leaders aren't speaking about it then they're not being um, responsible with what they hear. Another alarming statistic from um, the suicide stats from this year is majority are men and then the majority are 18 to 24 year old. So, I mean, these people that age haven't lived a huge amount of life. So <laughs> why at such a young age are they feeling so helpless that they're wanting to commit suicide? Um, um, it goes back to safe spaces, uh, Leticia, um, and having that support, support system. You know, going back home, how do we uh, have these safe spaces at home? Uh, and this is a question to us as parents, you know, if you have a family, if you have, um, uh, if you have a small family or if you have an extended family, do you talk, do you share whatever you go through at home? Or for parents, are you just working home and then do you have time for your kids? Most young people, um, as, um, I'm sorry to say this out loud, but most young people, they find comfort with their peers or their phones rather than their, their parents. So it's important again, you know, one, I, I also talked earlier on when I was talking about this, I talked about influence. And as parents, we should have a lot of influence over our kids. If we don't have influence over our kids, then we should relook really at ourselves and how, how are we teaching our kids. Because if we have influence of, uh, through, if we, ha if we influence over our kids, then our kids would be able to come and share whatever they go through with us. If, we, if they are not doing that, who are they turning to? Who are they, who are they sharing with? So the safest place that they can go to is their mom and their dad or their guardian or their sister or their brother. 
You know, one of the things that we always uh, tell is it, it starts from home. And if it's not at home, then he or she is getting help from somewhere else. And we don't know if it's a positive help or it's a negative, but it all should start from home. I was attending a big youth conference in the Philippines last week with hundreds of young people and the leader just shared that one of the major issues of today with young people is the peer-to-peer -peer help. <laughs> and he said that's a big problem because um, trying to get help from your best friend is um, they're in just a bigger hole as you are um, and the lack of wisdom that's been passed down from generations has now become such an issue so yeah we need parents to be so much more engaged in these um, because you don't know what your kids are going through until suddenly one day they're not there anymore and what heartbreak that is isn't it um, so so we're coming into Christmas and you're telling me before it gets a bit quiet on the phones and then suddenly you know mid-January the, the phones ramp up again and everyone's calling why why is that and what can how can you help people now on this side of Christmas so they're not calling you at the end of January? Well, thank you for that. Um, well, you know, um, this is a Christmas uh, season and uh, in Fiji, uh, we always say it in Fiji, this is Napule Ngunungunu, everyone likes to drink, uh, but it shouldn't be that. Um, also, if you're going through Christmas, it's important that you manage your finances well, you manage your uh, trips well as well, you manage um, uh, events or engagements that you are engaging yourself in. Uh, this is a time where most, uh, most events, most family engagements happen. So it's important that you also weigh things up uh, so that when it comes to next year, um, we, we, are, we are not broke uh, because everything involves money and at the same time this is one of the months that we spend we speak and spend money uh, and uh, you know it is important you know I was uh, as I was sharing earlier on um, this this end of the year we always regard it as a support line as this is a honeymoon uh, this is a honeymoon time where everyone is happy everyone is spending everyone is doing things and then in the mid of january when it when the things starts to come and schools about to start this is where the stress comes up and fight starts to happen so it's important you know also know your wants and your needs make sure that your needs always exceed your wants not you're just doing everything that you want uh, and make sure also that you know prioritize your time and your spending wells as well um, it's it's really important so that you don't um, so that you don't have fights and all those uh, kind of things later on and ending up in a very uh, in, a, in a very bad way mm. well we hope people will take heed to what you've said and you get less calls in January but if you need to call as well, feel free. But thank you, Jerry, again, for all the amazing work that you and your team do. Um, may you have a very Merry Christmas. And we just keep praying and working and hoping that next year we will see those suicide rates go down even further to where could we dream that one year there will be no suicides in Fiji. It's possible. Um, so God bless you and Merry Christmas. I see your suffering, I see the pain beneath that bowl of 
Let the islands hear reason. Let. 